This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my very good friend John Daniel Rudd on today. Uh, is that the way you pronounce your last name, or do you have a couple of other pronounces that go with your last name? Well, I answer, Truman, to most anything. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking at me, I think you're talking to me. And you're not one of these people that you, you you check the wallet before you come in and do any work with them. <laughs> they, they call it the wallet biopsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, we don't do that. I had a great compliment given to you, which I've been doing it for many years now since we've been friends so long, is that you have saved the county and the community a ton of money, and you have given... Uh, the people who have been locked up, incarcerated in the jail and in the workhouse, the best medical treatment that anyone can get. And I remember when you and I first started working together back many, many years ago, and it wasn't even a question in my mind that they were going to be treated as well as anybody can be treated no matter where you go. And... uh, I've always loved your attitude that the person comes first that you're dealing with as far as the medical problems they may or may not have and those type things. And uh, the mayor, uh, Mayor Catron, mentioned the other day, he says, we are so blessed to have him because the, the community will never know how much he means to everyone here. Well, I'm honored by that. Yeah. I really am, and and I appreciate it. Uh, I enjoy what I do. I've always enjoyed uh, working with people and and providing health care and doing the best I could do. Yeah. Uh, in with that, and so it's it's been uh, this last year a particular challenge with all the COVID stuff, but but we're coming out of that, and so I I think that. Uh, I'm optimistic that this this next year is going to be even better. How how much has the misinformation that's come out of Washington from a certain doctor up there who is w- well up in age? I mean, he's he's uh, he's well up in his 80s at least, isn't he? he is, you mean Dr. Fauci? Uh, yes. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's he's uh, I think 86 or 87. Wow. And still going up there and giving out all of that information that I know some of the things that he's been giving out, you would not have because 
uh, nothing had been proven to be mathematically correct as far as what's really going on with the virus at the time. And, it, and he had to know that sooner or later all that information was going to come out that what he was saying was not really true. Well, it, the, he has a very tough job, and I have yeah. to defend him somewhat because, you know, people and the media especially want these answers that you really can't give until you see yeah. what happens. And they want the answers to now, be the way they yeah. want it. Well, and when you out. say things in the world today, you're on video. Yeah. And so they can go back you know, a year ago, and you can say something that now is proven wrong. Yeah. It's very easy to do. And I think that understanding that, you know, cuts Dr. Fauci some slack because he he's in a job where he was pressured to give answers, and a lot of the answers he gave initially have proven to be wrong. Yeah. And I don't think he did it with any malice intent. I don't think there was any conspiracy. I think that uh, mostly what he did was the pressure of the job, and it was a, it's a different pressure than he had lived with when he was at the NIH. I mean, at the NIH, his, his job was pretty much um, not very visible to the public. Yeah. He ran the NIH and the um, infectious disease uh, part of the NIH. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's an administrative, a bureaucratic job. And, you know, he's, it's been years since he's ever seen a patient. But I, I've never heard anything about him that would make me think that, you know, he would be part of any kind of conspiracy. You know, he's, he's made quite a bit of money. He's done, uh, he's had a lot of patents that he's developed that yeah. he has been reimbursed for. Um, he, he definitely has done... Um, you know, a lot of work over his career, and I think that has he's contributed a lot to uh, where we are in in science now. Um, so I, I'm I'm not down on him as much as some people are, because I just don't think there is a, a lot of malice there. I just think there's pressure in the job he's got. Yeah, but I am down on him, as you know. Some, <laughs> yeah, I do. Because. Look how many people have suffered because of the information that he has put out. And a lot of businesses have closed down, and some are trying to get back going again. And they're just, it's almost impossible to find workers anymore because of all the stimulus things that were going on at the time. And uh, I was in one of my favorite restaurants uh, last week, and they were telling me, uh, said, please pray for us. We're having an almost impossible time trying to get people back to work again. Right. It's and, hard to get people to go to work when they get a check for staying home. Yeah. And and, and those type of things, it, it's it's not just the 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 uh, the medical, the physical part as far as um, uh, the things that have he is saying as far as trying to keep the. Um, information flowing as far as I was concerned I, I, I never was happy because I don't like for us to lose our freedoms and a lot of freedoms have been lost as you well know simply because of the the things that they have put out well I, th I believe that as a consequence of what they did 
for this COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. we're actually going to be better prepared to hold on to our freedoms because this was like a snapshot of what they can do and mm-hmm. what they will do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we will recover from this. And when we do, it's going to take time to forget what they've done to us. Yeah. And I think that in the long run, that may help preserve freedom because we're not going to give it up as easily next time. Well, you're right about that. And, you know, and I think when we look at the um, at, at all we've learned in this pandemic and at how science has progressed, mm-hmm. I mean, the speed that we can analyze things and develop things now has increased dramatically because of the money spent on COVID. Yeah. And, you know, it, we may not see all the benefits that we reap from this, because, but they're going to be in the background. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the simple things is to sequence the uh, nucleic acid in a virus, whether it's an RNA virus or a DNA virus, that used to cost us about ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and used to take about three or four months. Well, now it's it's about ten dollars, and it takes us a day. Yeah, and and be, to be able to do that, and then to be able to develop new ways to uh, develop vaccines, um, it's going to really help us in the long run. I mean, it's this has been an expensive thing, and. Who knows how many trillions of dollars this is really going to cost us. But there are some positive points that I think, to me, I, I like to look at the positive because we can't turn the clock back. Yeah. We can't erase what's happened. We have to think, okay, let's look at the positives and go from there. Yeah. Because there are positives. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I've seen also that the... Um, the death toll from COVID-19 is much lower than they were saying it would be. But at the same time... And saying it was also at that time because a lot of people um, had the COVID, but that was not what sent them into the other world. Right, but a lot of that was not known in the beginning. And what President Trump had to do was he had to listen to the medical people who had done these modeling studies mm-hmm. projecting what the virus could do. Yeah. And they, those were all wrong. But he, nobody knew. And he couldn't say they were wrong in the beginning because he didn't know. Yeah. And the early projections were that the virus was going to kill 2 million Americans. Mm-hmm. Well... I mean, we still don't know exactly what the truth is because the way deaths are counted is um, is confusing even to medical people. Yeah, you can say they died from COVID or they died with COVID. Okay, I mean, th- there's a difference. Does and, it depend on who's reading and and how it it actually it, it comes out? in their own minds as factual. Well, and it, yes. And then also how hospitals are reimbursed if there's a diagnosis of COVID mm-hmm. is is a big deal because hospitals make more money if COVID is in the diagnosis yeah. somewhere. And if it's in there somewhere, it's counted as a COVID death. 
And is that because they're having to have more manpower in the it hospitals? It is. It's to make up for the the losses that the um, federal government felt the hospitals were going to take, and we were worried about having enough uh, hospital capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, because there were communities that hospitals were overflowing. Yeah. And there were others that they were they weren't, and so you know, I, you remember when President Trump sent that hospital ship uh, off the coast of New York, and yes. they never used it. Yeah. I mean, it was sitting up there for, I don't know, how long, weeks, I guess, and they never even put a patient in it because they didn't need it. Isn't it funny how so many negative things came out of New York against the president at the time, President Trump? Yeah. And really, the blame should have been uh, right there in New York. Oh, so many of the deaths there were related to the governor's policy, yeah. especially about how to move people back to the nursing homes mm-hmm. and to the extended care facilities where they, many of them were exposed to, caught COVID and died from it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it totally is. But, you know, when it comes to dissecting the truth and getting the media to expose it, Good luck. Yeah. Because it isn't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And I think you have to, you just have to know that we'll never know the full extent of it. But we do know that based on the CDC's numbers, about 600,000 people died from or with COVID so far. Wow. And of those 600,000 people, uh, about... 340,000 died in 2020. Yeah. They seem to be putting out pretty accurate figures, aren't they? I think they're trying. Yeah. I mean, they're trying. Well, what they can. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're taking all this information in and, you know, they're breaking it down as low as uh, the county levels. Yeah. And to try to show where the infections are, uh, you know, and now... You know, the focus, which is not surprising, Mm -hmm. is on what they call the variants. The variants are uh, incorrectly called mutations. But basically, you know, coronaviruses in any one person produce a lot of variants. And what determines whether or not that variant spreads is what's called viral fitness. And... The fitness of the virus has a lot of things that go into it, but we're seeing now four or five main variants from around the world that are um, becoming more prevalent. And in that increased prevalence, the concern was, would the vaccines protect against those variants? And I think it's clear that the answer is yes, the vaccines do. And... You know, and there's, but we've had to learn that. I mean, you know, there's nobody who had that insight in the beginning because the mRNA vaccines that we have, you know, there's a whole conspiracy garbage can full of stuff out there that people are saying about it that, um, you know, is not true. Yeah. And people don't know. They're confused because they think, well, I don't want to take a vaccine that's going to, you know, control me or change my DNA or, um, you know, cause something else. We've known with vaccines for 
since we've been using them, yeah. that some people have side effects from vaccines. Yeah. I mean, that happens. And we got, we got a caller on the line, and yes. I want to get back to what, what, what you're doing right now. Caller, welcome aboard with Dr. Danny Rudd. Let me ask and tell the doctor and anybody else that's listening, I refuse to believe that any and everybody for the last year and a half, two years, all we've heard about is COVID, 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 COVID. Yep. I've lost friends, and I'm, I'm all on the news, and everywhere you look, everywhere you dream of, that's all we hear about, sir. I refuse to believe in my country something this effective. I didn't hear about this 30 years ago. Wait a minute. You guys got to come better than this. I'm talking to the United States because I know my country is smarter than this than let something this effective to come on us overnight way it seemed to me. And you don't mention billions of thousands of people have died from this. And my thing is I've lost friends. They say they lost died. But, sir, nobody died from a cold. Nobody died from pneumonia. Everything is, is that one disease that you guys were talking about today. Come on now, America. Don't nobody, and nobody's sick of nothing else that died from it. Have you all, anybody ever thought about this except me? No, I, th I, th I, I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. okay. But I think that one of the things is today we're a victim to the um, increase in technology we have. And the technology to do what we're doing now did not exist in 1960. We, we couldn't do it. So they, basically at that time we just had to accept that's what we get. And whatever happens, happens. But in the world today... The technology, uh, and and honestly, to be uh, perfectly clear, there's a lot of potential to make money, and the <laughs> drug companies see that, and they know that by developing vaccines, many of them have added billions of dollars to their bottom line, and they're not going to let that go either. But it, I'm, I don't ever take no more of your time, but I still say, everybody. And I belong, like I said, and I've heard about it and seen it on TV. It's it just, uh, everybody, the only thing they're talking about is COVID. And we've lost well, it's gonna, minutes but now. see, that, that, that's going to go away. Uh, and and the reason is... If not, America's going to go away. I know. Well, I agree with you. I mean, it's hurting America. Yes, sir. But the COVID no, disease is, is down very low. Thank you, Casey. Casey Clark. And... Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of that, Casey, yeah. but I think that, you know, we are seeing a drop in the number of COVID cases dramatically. Yeah. Part of it's seasonal. We know coronaviruses are seasonal viruses, just mm -hmm. like influenza. And, you know, and people have died of colds and flu since it's they've existed. Yeah. I mean, especially the weaker and infirm people, you know, they die from it. And but there are some things about the COVID virus that are unique, and I think that you know one of the things we're seeing is what they're calling uh, long-term COVID. Yeah. Uh, and that's really very interesting because we don't understand why yet. Yeah. But we know that maybe as many as 20 or 30 percent of people who get COVID end up with long-term symptoms, mm. months. Maybe years. We don't know because we haven't gotten been able to go out years yet. Uh, we don't know how long they'll last. Yeah. And some of those things can be, you know, uh, a variety of things, everything from changes in taste and smell to mental fog to 
high blood pressure to heart disease to lung disease, kidney disease. Uh, there are a whole bunch of things yeah. that we know can result from COVID. But even though it looks like people recovered from COVID, they have these long-term consequences. Yeah. And so that that's a problem. And, and we don't know yet. Well, we, number one, we couldn't have predicted that in the beginning. Nobody could yeah. because we didn't know. It's, it's a unique trait of this virus. And how it's going to play out, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, the virus is, uh, you know, the initial mortality of it is under 2%. It's probably under 1%. Is that pretty close to what the common flu was? Well, it's probably two to three times higher than the common flu. Yeah. You know, um, but it's something that has been um, present yeah. uh, for a while. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back okay. with you. Adams Place Retirement Community is a part of National Healthcare Corporation. In 1971, the founder, Dr. Carl Adams, had a vision to provide higher quality health care for seniors. His dream was to create a campus concept that offered in-house services for residents as they age with different needs. Call 615-904-7100 and schedule a tour. It's about that time again for the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th through the 18th. $7 gets you in for the whole weekend as you shop unique art, glass, china, crystal, and much, much more. Parking is free and food and beverages are available for purchase inside the venue. Catch all the action this year at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1660 Middle Tennessee Boulevard in Murfreesboro. Your next great find is waiting for you at the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale July 16th through the 18th. Michael DeLeon with Steered Straight Thrift Stores. It's a nonprofit thrift store. We take donations. Your donations, support, and purchases help educate youth on the choices and consequences of drugs, bullying, suicide, and other hard topics. Come into our thrift stores, 845 Middle Tennessee and 903 Mercury Boulevard. I'm telling you, you're going to find treasures and you're going to find great deals, but you're going to help us save lives. Michael DeLeon, Steered Straight. You're supporting drug education in schools. I can't emphasize enough, it's more important than ever. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hello, I am Frank Caperton. Most people know me as Frank the Computer Guy, but did you know that I also have a camera? I love to shoot events such as weddings and birthday parties, corporate events, family gatherings, ribbon cuttings. I call it event photography. Call or text me at 615-476-7823 or visit frankcaperton.com. I also preserve memories. I digitize and enhance your old family videos. 615-476-7823 or frankcaperton.com. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. There will be plenty of travel on Tennessee roads this 4th of July holiday. AAA estimates almost a million Tennessee residents have traveled on the roads between July 1st and 5th. And even though gas prices are nearly a dollar a gallon higher this year than last, 
It's not expected to stop Tennesseans from celebrating with family and friends. And the upcoming 4th of July weekend is another reminder that the blood shortage in Tennessee is critical. Holidays are the prime time for crashes, and with a million Tennesseans taken to the highway next week, the American Red Cross is putting out a plea for blood donations. Officials also say there's a high demand from hospitals for blood, as many patients put off care during the pandemic and are now dealing with more advanced disease. Murfreesboro police say they've solved a 2020 murder. 19-year-old Ricky Ledarius Flowers of Murfreesboro has been charged with first-degree murder for the death of 19-year-old Jalen Spears of Nashville. Spears shot multiple times inside a car in the parking lot of the Cove at Center Point 5 apartments on Old Las Casas Road June 19th last year. Detectives believe the two men met to trade guns when the shooting occurred. Flowers being held on a $300,000 bond at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. He's got bond hearings set for Monday. Murfreesboro will soon have a facility that does open-heart surgery. The Tennessee Health Services and Development Agency granted Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford approval to add adult open-heart surgery to its well-established cardiac program. The application was heavily supported by the local community, as well as by civic and business organizations, including physicians groups, MTSU, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, Murray Regional Medical Center, Unity Medical Center, and local and state government officials. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. And the Blue Raiders win again. I need to get some MT gear. Let's go to the mall. Mall store? Really? Thought you wanted gear. Any Blue Raider stores in the mall? Well, no. You'll only find a limited selection mixed in with dozens of other schools and teams. My choice is Raider Tees, who specializes in Blue Raider gear with hundreds of items to choose from. They're located just off Broad Street behind Chewy's on Ridgely Road. Raider Tees. Like us on Facebook for early notice of specials and sales. Raider Tees. Bigger, better, and go blue. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low near 67. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Okay, whatever. So if anybody, see if anybody has any questions they want to call in about, say now, you know, and, and we can answer whatever. No matter 
what it is. Yeah, we're, you know we're on the air. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Don't you just love talking on the radio? Well, I'm pretty they, they can't see all of our expressions or anything, which yeah. that's perfect. Um, but uh, there, there, there's so many things that have gone on with this, but uh, uh, there are other diseases, as we know. There are. And uh, probably most of your business at, at, uh, uh, on Sam, uh, Sam uh, Ridley Parkway, right? Uh, you have your well. You actually, it's, it, what is your address over there? I, I always get that confused. At, at, oh, at, at, the, at the clinic. It's at the three, clinic it's itself. Three hundred one Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a street that goes over there to the high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the diseases that we've always seen are still mm -hmm. there. Oh, they uh, are. Yeah, you just you can't haven't tell corrected them. that yet. Well, we haven't stomped them all out. <laughs> I've got a few of them stomped out, but not many. Yeah. And so, but uh, you know, I mean, we're still looking at the big diseases: cardiovascular disease, yeah. uh, stroke, heart attacks, uh, cancer. Uh, you know, are the major diseases that yeah. that affect people. Pulmonary diseases. Uh, you know. Uh, are there infectious diseases of other types? There's all the regular stuff: diabetes and its side effects, smoking yeah. and its side effects. Um, you know, we've we are still dealing with those, and I suspect um, will be for many, many years. Yeah. Well, you don't. Uh, people don't even have to come into your office. I mean, I was driving down. The Going to work out one morning, and and you told me I was having a heart attack. Well, I just and, come on and over. And you were right on the button. Well, just come on <laughs> over to the jail, and I'll take care of them. <laughs> I wonder how many people would do that. <laughs> I don't think many. I don't think so either. I don't think many. Yeah, so. I remember uh, three or four of our steady customers that used to come in at the old jail on West Main Street. Uh, they would, uh, when winter would come on, you, you were talking about winter earlier, when winter would come on, they would go break out a window somewhere or, or nothing real bad serious just so that they could spend the winter in the jail because it was warm. Uh, we gave some well, you, you we had, had some good, good cooks. Food. Yeah, you had good cooks. Had some great cooks during that time. Yeah. I mean, everybody downtown, a lot of them would come down and eat cabbage with us and all that. Well, all the good know, things. They had biscuits in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, take something like um, uh, the common flu. Let, let's just let's, your relationship and my relationship. You always wanted me to get a shot for the flu. And I always said, I have never had the flu. I've been around people who have had the flu most of my life, and I never got it. So I've got to have some kind of immunity to it, I would think. And then you come back with the answer. Well, everybody's different. Yeah. And But I, the number one thing I believe in is freedom. Yes. I think that, you know, I don't have any inherent wisdom that makes me think I should control you. Yeah. I don't. I feel like that if you don't want a flu shot, don't get a flu shot. Mm -hmm. Life goes on. Yeah. We know that that influenza vaccination is only 45 to 55% um, good mm -hmm. at any one year. 
Yeah. And we know the COVID vaccine is in the 90s. It's it's much more effective. Why that, is why is that? It's it's a brand new disease. It's a brand new disease, but it's a brand new way of vaccinating. Okay. And so using the mRNA is a new technique. Mm-hmm. And you know, in every virus is kind of unique in its own self in the properties that it, that it exhibits. Mm-hmm. So how well you can make a vaccine is going to vary. Influenza is particularly difficult. It's like HIV. Mm-hmm. They have been working continuously trying to develop a vaccine for HIV. Yeah. And and there's some candidates coming along. But the problem is the virus is very difficult in the way that it shows up in our blood system. Mm-hmm. We can't get a hold of a specific site that we can make protein against. Yeah. And with uh, COVID-19, there's a great site, and it's the spike protein. And it's what we can target. And it works very well. But it's unique. And influenza, HIV, uh, there's a lot of other viruses that you just can't find a target for. Hmm. But, you know, and that's the reason they're all different. Medicine is very complicated, and the human body is very complicated. Oh, I tell you, it's it's one of the, it's a miracle of creation. Yeah, is the human body, and I, I think about it often because I, th- I look at it, how the body works when it's working right, mm-hmm. and how it malfunctions when it's working poorly. Yeah, and you know, and it goes down to the. Uh, the atomic level and mm. you can even go smaller than that and go subatomic but we just don't have the capability to understand those things and I think that uh, as we look at diseases and disease processes we're getting to where we understand more and more and I think the flaw in that in the long run is that the intellectualism that exists in our country today believes that we can understand everything mm-hmm. eventually including life itself and i i don't agree with that yeah. i think there's a miracle in life that exists that we can understand a lot but I, we cannot in in my view make something ever that's going to become alive they well, try we're, we're all so different there's no way that we can completely have a cure for everyone that exists. It's just impossible. Well, we know that everyone who is alive will die. Yes. And I think that that's promised to us. Mm-hmm. And and you can be comfortable in that. Yeah. Uh, our bodies wear out. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of work that's been done in genetics looking at mutation rates. Yeah. And I was reading an author recently who um, basically had uh, defined the average mutation rate per generation. And in his estimation, uh, the intelligence that uh, humans have peaked in the 1700s, actually during the Renaissance, Mm -hmm. and since then has been going down. And, you know, and we've seen also that 
fertility has is dropping. Yeah. And you know, as fertility that's drops, strange. Yeah, I mean, that's something that. Where's that curve going to end? Yeah. People can guess, but nobody really knows. And this uh, geneticist was saying that in his estimation, uh, about 4,000 years from now, uh, basically, humans would become practically infertile. And well, maybe we won't even exist at I mean, long. yeah, who knows? So yeah. it's like guessing what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. We don't know. But um, I, I think that it's, it's interesting to me because uh, there's a lot that we understand as we watch it, but we can't predict what's going to happen from it. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Medicine is is such a fascinating uh, subject, though, and and understanding how the body works, how it doesn't work, how it malfunctions, what we can do to help people with medications or surgeries or um, other devices now, pacemakers, mm -hmm. stimulators, all these other things. Uh, there's a lot of options available that were not available to our parents. And, yeah. you know, and, and when you look at uh, how um, the uh, lifetime of someone is impacted by medicine, you don't have to look far to see that many, many people alive today would have died earlier if they had lived in the 100 years earlier. Yeah. You know, you died of appendicitis, of childbirth. You know, I mean, very few people got to the point that they died of cancer. Mm -hmm. That was an old person's disease. Yeah. And so most people died of things that were, you know, now easily fixed back in those days. I mean, you know, uh, 25, 30 percent death in childbirth, you know, back in wow. the 1700s. You know, it's it's just amazing to see the changes that have happened, you know. And, and so it's uh, we live in a, a time of, of really uh modern miracles as far as technology goes yeah. and what it's done for us. But at the same time, we still are human. And I think accepting that and saying, let's do the things we can do, but one of the things is let's don't give up our freedom. Yeah. Uh, because even at the expense... That scares me more than yeah. anything. Well, I mean, you, it's, and it's a real possibility. And, yeah. you know, we've been told that Freedom has to be re-earned every generation. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at the number of people that have fought and died to make America free. Yes. It's, we can't forget those people. And those veterans are, you know, they paid the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. But to, now to, they people take it for granted, just like it's just... It's given to us. Well, we, we, most most people living today do not know of anybody that has died for their country. They don't know them. Yeah. And, you know, when people who grew up in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s mm -hmm. often knew people who died for their country. Yeah. You know, there were many young men who didn't come back from World War II or Vietnam. Yeah. You know, that's another subject, but you know, World War II especially, yeah. that um, that died f to make America survive. Yeah. Because there's a good chance if we hadn't won that war, America would have been a different place. Yeah. Well, I, I have, I know a number of veterans and, and, uh, and I just absolutely love them to death. And, and, and 
you have to give them credit for wh wh where we have come to. The, the, the thing about we're living so much longer now. Uh, let's take diseases like Alzheimer's. I don't remember, but maybe two people in my lifetime before all this started hitting us about 20, 25 years ago that I didn't know anyone that suffered from Alzheimer's or, or anything close to that disease except for three or four people. Now it, it seems like it's all over the place. But part of that, Truman, is that you're older. At well, the yeah, time, yeah. you didn't know that many older people. I mean, you were a young man. Mm -hmm. You didn't know old people. There were people who died of Alzheimer's disease back then. But, but they, what, did, but they weren't in the your circle. But were the percentages the oh, it's, close to this? Well, our population is aging. Yeah. And it's a disease still of mostly older people. Yeah. And so as the population ages and you're aging with it, mm -hmm. you're going to know more people that have it. Yeah. That's normal. And so... Just because you weren't aware of them didn't mean they didn't exist. Yeah. Th they'd been there. But when I was in medical school, uh, you know, it was called pre-senile dementia hmm. because it was assumed that everybody, when they got old enough, became demented. Yeah. Well, we know now that that's not really true either. There are a lot of people who are in their 90s who are not demented. Hmm. Uh you know, but as you get past 85, it really does increase. And, you know, and it starts even younger than that. Yeah, Jackie, I think her started. I, um, I have found out that people who noticed a lot of things that she was doing, but they didn't pass it on to me. Well, you because remember, when we, we, but we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. But when you helped me get through all of that, because... You, you can't stand to see the, the, the person that you've been through life with and, and, and actually just two people really being one person. I mean, we were that close. And then when something like that happens, you, you help me get through that. But the, uh, it, it's one of those things that um, it, it affects a lot of people, but the one person that you don't want to see suffer is the one that's suffering during that period. And it, it's pretty tough to, oh, to, it's to watch tough. The, those and, things you know, it's, uh, it's really a terrible disease. Yes. And when you have to live through it with someone you love, mm -hmm. uh, it's especially traumatic. Yeah. And so, but, you know, as our population ages, we will see more in absolute number of people who have... Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. You know, they there has been an approval recently of a new drug for Alzheimer's, but it, it's definitely not a miracle drug. Now, from what I've heard, it's yeah, maybe it, it's, extend. It, and there's some somebody. people that question either whether it even should have been approved. Yeah. And it's very expensive. Uh, you know, it's, I think, in the $80,000 a year range. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we're still waiting on... Uh, the right treatments. I don't know what they'll be. I don't know how long it'll be before they come. Uh, I hope soon, but I don't know. Well, will the cost of those special uh, uh, medicines, you might say, ha has it changed a whole lot? Because I can remember when um, 
polio. Uh, th they found the cure for polio back in the, what was it, the 50s, I think, something like that. And uh, it, it didn't seem like it affected the pocket as much back then as the new um, cures do at this particular time in life. What What is causing that, that momentum change as far as the amount of money that uh, uh, it takes to develop those cures? I think it's multifactorial. Mm -hmm. I think that part of it is the regulations and the um, the government uh, supervision mm -hmm. of the drug companies. I think it's the amount of testing that is required. I think it's partly the complexity of the development of the drugs. Mm -hmm. A lot of these require really advanced genetic techniques yeah. to do. Most of the new drugs that are coming out are actually antibodies mm -hmm. that have been developed for s very specific target cells mm -hmm. that are used for like um, ulcerative colitis or rheumatoid arthritis or MS, uh, psoriasis. A lot of diseases that you know are common diseases now have these very high-tech treatments. Mm -hmm. And with that comes a lot more side effects. Yeah. These drugs have side effects. They are also incredibly expensive to produce. Yeah. And we live in a time of inflation, and everything is viewed in terms of how much money can they make. They have to make a certain amount to justify production of the drug. Mm -hmm. The average drug, uh, and this is you know, five, six-year-old data that I remember is it takes about a hundred million dollars to bring a drug to market. Wow. You know, after with the testing, the clinical trials, the government rules, the FDA, the lawyers, everything they have to do, it's it's over a hundred million dollars to bring a drug to market. That's unreal. It, it it's expensive. Yeah. And they have to be able to recoup their investment in order to justify doing it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. That's why one of the things that's going on now is, you know, there are groups of people that are trying to identify uh, drugs that have been approved already mm -hmm. that can be used for different things off patent, yeah. which means uh, they're approved to be used, they're safe drugs, but they're trying to figure out how they could apply to other diseases. Yeah. And there's been a lot of work with COVID with this. And, you know, there's there's a lot of debate about it. I mean, still, you know, uh, I think that hydroxychloroquine mm -hmm. for COVID is an example because, uh, you know, President Trump, I don't think he should have come out as so strongly for hydroxychloroquine because most of the information he had was anecdotal. Yeah. He simply, there were no studies, mm -hmm. because when the disease first became evident, we didn't have time for studies. Were we panicking too much? Uh, well, I mean, we were. Yeah. We were anticipating two million deaths in America. We had to find something. Yeah. We, had to, we had to work on, on what we could do acutely, and then what we had to do as a plan to develop the vaccines. Yeah. And even the vaccines that we had to develop 
they were rushed to do because they had to go from isolating the virus, sequ sequencing the, the um, RNA, uh, and going through the whole production process. Mm -hmm. And to do that inside of a year is amazing. The, there's no way that I would have ever believed we could have done that inside of a year. Yeah. Um, but we did. But what the way we were able to do it is the government had to relax a lot of uh, their burdensome rules they had. Yeah. You it, know, we, it was a, it was in a political state. It, it was. It was. And you know, and and President Trump, I think, was trying to do everything he could to um, uh, save as many lives as possible. Yeah. And the other side was trying to do everything they could to stop President Trump. Yeah. And so that's that's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? When you're dealing with human life, it's politic. It's always been there, I think. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, it is sad, and it is sad. But you know, one of the things that's also happened is there's been a real push to identify already approved drugs that might have a beneficial effect in COVID. Mm -hmm. And you know, ivermectin is is one. There, there's several that have come come out that, you know, we may be using, but the problem is, for the drug companies, is they're off patent, and so they can't charge a lot of money for it. Yeah. And so ivermectin is is one that we use for uh, scabies, and it's cheap. It's been used a lot. We know it's safe. Uh, and I forgot what scabies was. It, it's a parasite, a skin oh, okay. parasite. All right. And uh, you know, but it's something that, um, you know, there's a lot of evidence that ivermectin definitely helps people. Mm -hmm. But it's not, there's, it's hard for the FDA to ever, quote, approve it for that use when there's no money to be made and nobody's going to do the studies. Yeah. They, that, those kind of studies cost a lot of money. And if you can't make the money back, companies are not going to do the studies. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of a catch-22. And in, I saw in Australia where they're using a nasal spray of heparin. Heparin mm -hmm. is a cheap drug. It's been around a long time. And, but, you know, they have identified uh, usages um, for, you know, putting it in a nasal spray and, uh, and using it that way. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, and they're seeing some positive results. Uh, there's another drug that's been around, fluoxetine, flu, and um, which is Luvox. It's a, a drug that we use for OCD, yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder, and yeah. it is it's showing some effectiveness. And there are groups of people that are most of them work in universities, where they really don't depend on the private uh, drug companies for funding. Mm -hmm. That are doing all they can to go back and look through all the drugs that already have approval and see which ones might be helpful. Yeah. And that's a very good thing for the future, too, because as we move on into the future and have other things that pop up, we have these big databases of drugs that have been approved that they're developing ways to test the effectiveness for new problems. Mm -hmm. and, and that's good. Uh, we're going to see, we'll see some positive things that are coming out of that. It's like I was talking earlier, having COVID is a terrible thing for the country, mm -hmm. but 
there's going to be some good outcomes. We're going to see techniques that come out of it, uh, scientific advances in, the, in our equipment, our technologies, uh, vaccine technologies. A lot of things are going to come through out of this that are going to be positive. Well, we've seen so many inventions over the years that were aimed at, at creating something, uh, whether in the medical industry of, of, of saving people from certain diseases. And then it turns out that they are maybe just or more effective fighting other diseases. That's right. That's right. We, which is amazing how it, 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 it constantly changes. It's, it's, a, um, it's really unique in that, you know, capitalism, I think, has a lot of good traits. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, uh, if you Does compare Does communism it, have any? Uh, well, it's something for us to fight against. So I yes. think that's a good thing. Yeah. We've got to have an evil... We're the medicine against it, yeah. maybe. We've got to be the, the... We've got to have an adversary that's evil, and that's yeah. the communists. And so... And they are. Yeah. And so... It, it's, uh, but our system provides the health care for the whole world. Yeah. And so all the communist dictators depend on American health care. Yeah. And all the socialist dictators depend on American health care. But, you know, I think that it's, it's very interesting to me to see, uh, you know, how the world is changing mm -hmm. right before our, our eyes. And especially, um, you know, with the, uh, uh, the changes that have developed in Washington, D.C. in the last few months. Yeah. The opportunities are here in America. And it's up to you as an individual to uh, make those things a positive thing for your family and others. And um, it, it's not a, a, a give-me society uh, in capitalism. It's you go out and you work and you earn your um, uh, maybe little piece of heaven here on this earth. And, and everybody has that opportunity. You just got to get out and do it. Well, that's exactly true. I mean, we live in a time right now, especially now, mm -hmm. of opportunity. Yeah. There are great opportunities. I mean, everywhere you turn, you can... If you have the desire and the work ethic and the physical stamina, mm -hmm. you can make it and do well. But there are so many people that, you know, we're suffering with a lot of mental illness, drug addiction, mm -hmm. alcoholism, uh, apathy. You see it every day in your I, I do see it. As and, a doctor, you know, um, I, I, I don't know how you guys go through life without a psychiatrist walking behind <laughs> you because I have seen it. And I know you guys protect each other also as far as if you see something or maybe an individual is having a few problems, you guys stick together. Which well, you try to help people because yeah. it's, it's the best thing. I mean, yeah. you know, we should try to help everybody. Yeah. And not, not just people who do the same job we do. Yeah. But... Who, who was it? Yeah, but who was the doctor that took care of everybody and made sure that uh, you guys were able to right. reach out to one of your fellow? Uh, You're probably thinking people. of Dr. David Dodd. Dr. David Dodd. Thank you very much. I just yeah. loved that guy. Yeah. He he was special. Well, he was uh, he was a pioneer and really a visionary. Yeah. When it came to addiction and behavioral issues. Mm -hmm. 
and and how to deal with that in the physician ranks. Yeah, uh, he was he was a great guy, and uh, um, you know, and proud he came from Murfreesboro because he was known uh, across the country. You guys weren't immune from oh, all no, of those no, things. No. I mean, I, I look at you and I say, Danny Rudd's going to be here for the next 300 years, <laughs> I hope. And it, I, 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 I can wave back. Oh, well, either wave up or wave down, one, it, one I, or the other. I, I know. It's like, yeah. you know, somebody was asking me the other day now, how did, uh, we were talking about heaven, and he said, well, how do you know if you don't make it to heaven? And I said, well, I guess I'll be able to tell because it just means I'll be on call every day for the forever. No, no, this is your you touch know? of heaven taking care of people. <laughs> I, I love it. And I know you do. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, D- it's doesn't good. it make you feel better though, or feel good a lot of times when you had uh, people uh, that like Miss Dora Rivers. She loves you to death, and and. A lot of people, they get aggravated when they have to go to a medical appointment or whatever. She couldn't wait to see you because yeah. you you were so good to everybody. And and uh, uh, I remember when we went to the, her, her little, uh, the visitation not too long ago. And uh, all, everybody did such a wonderful job just telling uh, each other how much they loved her. But but the but the conversation also got back to you, how much uh, how well you did with her over all the years. Well, she was a, a very special lady. Yes. And she uh, she fought it hard all the way through, mm-hmm. and you know, and and her daughter is such a wonderful person. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, it, it was really a group effort getting her as far as she got. Yeah. But doesn't that make you feel? Kind oh, I love special. to see. I, I love to see people get the most they can get. Yeah. Um, you know, we again, we we all will pass. Yeah. And that's that is a condition of humanity. It, it's the way it is. But if we can get people as far as possible, that's what my goal is: mm-hmm. is to help people get there, and then accept. But why did you have such a a, a great uh, a relationship with Miss Dora, and then you tell me, "Hey, what do you expect? I mean, <laughs> you don't want to live forever." <laughs> well, I mean, yes, yes, you know, it, it's it's like uh, that's uh, different people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got to have a sense of humor no matter what you're doing. It don't helps. You? It yeah. helps. It it really does. I. I I don't. I can't think. I can't take too many things serious. I really can't. It, it it's rare because I've got to be able to laugh and and enjoy life. You you, you can't sit there and worry about things. Uh, there's always something good about what's going on. Well, this is our time. Yeah. And I think doing what you can while we're here mm-hmm. is our goal. We have to do that. We've got to help his, help people. We've got to, you know, believe that there is a right and a wrong, a good and a bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's really what I try to do is try to, to help people get through this life the best I can with their health care issues. Yeah. And there's and it, life is not fair. We no. don't, you know, there's some people that 
get aborted in the womb. And there's some people who get cancer when they're five. Let me ask you about that. Yeah. What do you think about abortion, period? I mean, not just um, at a certain stage or whatever. Well, I believe that abortion is an abomination. I do, too. I think it, it is taking a living person yeah. out of existence that we don't have the right to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that it's bigger than I am. So I don't have any way to do anything except tell people that have gone through it. But I've had many yeah. patients who've had them. Yeah. And so often there's a long-term psychological damage mm-hmm. that occurs in a, uh, a lady that, that has, a, has an abortion. And no matter how the, that individual uh, became no matter, impregnated. Yeah, no yeah. matter how. Yeah. And, you know, the, and the other side of the abortion industry is people don't realize that it is an industry. Yeah. That there is, uh, you know, the procurement of embryonic tissues is a big business mm. and they pay for it mm-hmm. so you know and I think um, Senator Bill Frist when he was senator and was majority leader he brought a lot of this to light on the Senate floor when he did a lot of his abortion uh, hearings yeah looking at, at at what happened to the tissues and what they did with them mm. because the these are sold Mm. to biopharmaceutical companies and and other entities that you know are are profit driven yeah and they promote abortions because otherwise the that industry would not exist and and that money would be gone mm. and so surely they're not using lobbyists in Washington oh of course they do that's unbelievable. I mean, it's like it's like Planned Parenthood. Yeah. They have many lobbyists, and you know, and they get they get a lot of funding. Mm. And I've known uh, doctors that have uh, they hire a lot of OBGYNs as mm. when they're in residency to help with abortions, and uh, in these bigger cities. So that, it, that, but that's it's a, sick. It it's really a, is. Yeah, but it's our world. Yeah. I mean, there there's so many parts of our world today that are imperfect. Yeah. And and we can only love people. I think love people, try to help them. We can't go out here and and be like Don Quixote and and fight at the windmills that we yeah. can't stop. Yeah. And um, it, it doesn't mean ex- accepting it. It doesn't mean not saying it's wrong. Because I think we have to say that, mm-hmm. and no matter what the consequence of that is, we have to we have to call things true that are true. Well, you know, when when uh, Donald Trump first ran for president, he was going to clear out the swamp, and and most people, a lot of people, will laugh at that. But there is a problem in Washington, and we don't seem to be able to cure it because. Um, there, there's no term limits to, to to those people that are there, and then once they decide to leave, they they're already millionaires by the time they leave. Every one of them, and then they become lobbyists uh, up in Washington because they have a a connection with all those uh, major companies that that you're talking about, 
and uh, it, it's not going to be traveling in a positive way until we can get rid of that, but we're not going to be able to get rid of it no, unless I, we vote those people out. Well, I think we have to face the fact that yeah. we can't do that. Yeah, because and they make all the rules. That's right, and I think we're learning, uh, even as a consequence of the uh, uh, 2020 election, yeah. that there's probably some flaws in our voting system. There's no doubt about and, that. And no matter what we vote for, there are powers that be that are trying to control that vote, yeah. and uh, and so I'm I I think we still have to vote. We still have to do what we can do. What what's in our power to do, yeah. because the best chance we all have is still through America. Yeah, we have to fight for this country, and we have to do it in a way that is uh, as long as possible, which I hope is forever. Is is to do it at the ballot box. Yeah. To vote. But you're not getting good information from the media. I mean, well, the, the and, media, and that hurts. Yeah. You have to be able to um, kind of go out and research on your own. Yeah. Each but, individual. Well, candidate. the media is corrupt. Yeah, it is. I mean, we cannot believe it. Yeah. It is corrupt. Yeah. And I think to absorb it as truth, like our previous generations did mm -hmm. we got to get over that yeah because you you can't yeah i've enjoyed it as usual well, i enjoy being with you well it's good to be here again truman glad yeah. to see you and uh you know i've, I've enjoyed it too I, I hope everyone out there has a great day yeah. and uh, uh look forward to being back before long i will get you back as soon as you want to come back <laughs> okay i love the conversations all right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.